Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to anfieldindexpro.com and get started today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another transfer special here on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Harry Sethi, coming to you live on deadline day. Very rare for the Reds to be active on deadline day, but we we have someone to talk about. We have a player coming in, a midfielder, nonetheless. Is it a six? Who knows? We'll, we'll have to we'll have to discuss that during the pod. But we're on the pod to discuss the impending arrival of Ryan Gravenberg from Bayern Munich looks as though the the player is set to complete a medical today in Liverpool and then probably be announced later later in the evening it seems Um, a multifunctional midfielder one who very promising start to his career at Ajax and things clearly have stalled a little bit at Bayern Munich so joining us to discuss um, as much as we can about the player given his limited time in Bayern Munich and perhaps what the vision is for uh, for the player at Liverpool that Klopp and, and Linders have sold him on. Uh, delighted to welcome on uh, a commentator for Bayern Munich uh, and Bundesliga expert for who scored in ESPN, uh, Mark Lovell. Welcome on Mark, good to speak with you. Good day to you, how are you today? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Swig of coffee, transfer deadline day in the, well, in the Premier League anyway. Um, uh, yeah, a day that I've not had to engage with too too heavily in previous seasons that, that Liverpool have tended to get their business done uh, earlier than this. Um, and I think actually probably this window does 
does hint towards maybe a sort of a need to have a look at that structure again, I think. But um, uh, we're here to talk about uh, what could be the the last incoming of the window for for Liverpool um, and still currently a Bayern Munich player, Ryan Gravenberg. So um, appreciate you joining us to 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 lend us your opinion of the player or sort of like what you were hoping to see when he did sign for Bayern. But there's it's a lot of questions around this player, so it's hard to know where to begin with. But I think what I wanted to to ask your opinion on first was it's clear that you know it hasn't worked out for the player at Bayern since since leaving Ajax. But what do you think were the the reasons behind why Bayern um you know approached Ajax and signed him in the first place? What was the vision for the player? Firstly, yeah, good day to all the listeners of the podcast. Um well he was signed from Ajax, Eric Ten Hag's successful side at Ajax with, you know, he was 20 years old at the time, coming off uh, a win of the area division in the Netherlands, full of potential, scoring goals from midfield, but also able to play as a holding midfielder in a number of roles, comfortable, you know, comfortable with the ball, breaking up play as well. So Bayern were a number of clubs that were very highly interested in him at the time, including Liverpool. No doubt Liverpool were in the frame as well. But he chose Mm. Bayern, a five-year deal, and he was made to feel very welcome at the start. Yeah, he was um, signed at the same time as the Ajax right back. And there was a lot of fanfare that they'd attracted these two talents from Ajax, you know. So it's it's interesting to to realise why it hasn't really worked out. But he's... He hasn't uh, hasn't featured in a in a Bundesliga game over the ninety minutes of his of his time at Bayern Munich. That says it all. Um, he's he's just not settled. He hasn't been giving a, a regular time in the team under Julian Nagelsmann or the current coach Thomas Tuchel. There were always hopes that he would break through. But he hasn't really done it. And the the teams like, you know, that were sniffing around like Liverpool and Manchester United, you know, he I'm sure Jurgen Klopp has 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 created a vision for him at Anfield where he sees him fitting in and let's hope that he has the opportunity to fulfil his talent. Yeah, because I was Doing a little bit of reading on the player this morning, actually, uh, uh, admin to not having seen a lot of him, even sort of sort of during the successful period in the Adrivizi, um, but uh, was sort of slightly shocked. I mean, I mean, one by just how young the player still is. I mean, he, he looks like a player who who could be many years senior, um, given sort of his size and his frame. But um, I was also a little bit shocked by how early he came through at Ajax. It seems sort of that he was like one of their first, um, what was it their youngest debutant uh, ever, and surpassed, uh, surpassed Clarence Seedorf to to get that accolade, and then became the club's youngest goal scorer a few days later in the Dutch Cup. So. Clearly, a pretty astronomic rise for him when he was over at Ajax. And you mentioned there a multifunctional midfielder who can play in sort of multiple different roles. I think that's something we'll come back to. I think it, that's part of the or some of the questions Liverpool fans have for it because I think it's been fairly clear um, over the past few 
weeks that even after the signing of Batara Endo, um, that, that there was, uh, perhaps you know, a, uh, still a search going on for a younger, um, like more, I suppose more specific defensive midfielder to come into the side because it was, it was an obvious hole. Um, and you know, of course, Liverpool have been lucky to already recruit from the Bundesliga in, in, uh, Dominic Soboschlei and, um, you know, obviously McAllister's come from Brighton as well. So some very talented, uh, you know, more attacking number eights in there already. Um, you mentioned, you know, he's, 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 he's struggled to break through. Like, whose position was, uh, um, was he brought in to take, in, if you will? Cause I think that the, the fact that he can play multiple positions, I think sometimes are often, um, is sometimes is good for young players and sometimes it can, it can often hinder them as well because, you know, there's, they're not seen as having a com- completely defined role. Which players was he in competition with to, to try and break through into the side? He was in competition with Yoshio Kimmich, who's wow. basically one, one of the leaders at Bayern Munich, and Leon Goretzka. Um, mm. It was it was hard to see him pushing pushing them out of the team. You know, Yoshio Kimmich has a certain standing. He's a staple, the, yeah, yeah, in in the ranks. And Goretzka found himself a little bit under pressure, especially since the arrival of Thomas Tuchel. Um, there were hopes, I'm sure, that um, Gravenberg would break through. He started the last. Bundesliga game of the season, but um, Bayern weren't getting the result that they needed on the day. You know they weren't winning that game, and he was taken off with 20 minutes to go. Um, so there were slight hopes. Definitely, he had more scope to win a regular spot under Thomas Tuchel if he'd have stayed around. But that would have been a big risk because now Tuchel's going all out for this holding number six from Fulham. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Paulinha and things change very quickly in in football. I think he would have stayed, but you know Bayern are really desperate for this holding number six, and they look really keen to get this uh, Fulham midfielder, Yao Paulinha, um, yeah. for more money than you know. They need to recoup some of that money, and they have to basically sell Gravenberg, having mm. also bought Harry Kane, of course, to uh, yes. score the goals. You know. This is this is where we're at with Bayern Munich. They have to, you know, they're a big club, but they need to fund their purchases. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I was I was keeping my eyes on the Palinia transfer because it yeah it seems like that, that was going to give the green light to to Gravenberg to make the move. Um, and yeah, he's a wonderful player as well, Palinia. From what I've seen of him in the Premier League so far, really um, combative. Surprises. He's only being discovered really well at the, at the biggest clubs in in Europe this late in his. Uh, in his career, if you will, but he looks like he's got uh, quite a few years ahead of him. But something you're mentioning there, I, I, I suppose, would um, cast some alarm really for Liverpool fans because, as I mentioned, the the search has really been for this number six, and uh, you know, two different managers there that Gravenberg's worked under. Uh, you know, and obviously with a new manager, fresh start, a chance to make a, a new impression to get yourself into the side. Neither of them seem to really view him. As this holding six, uh, and uh, as you say, I mean, Tuchel's been, I think, quite clear that he doesn't really view Kimmich as a holding six that he wants to work, he wants to play with, um, and that's why obviously the, the work is on underway to to bring in Paulinho. So it, it does it does throw up some questions to me as, as to sort of uh, where Liverpool see him playing because, as you said, you imagine Klopp is 
laid out a vision to the player of how he's going to use him. And, and the whole in Liverpool side really very much is in that, in that number six role. You imagine Endo, um, for all his qualities is not going to be expected to play all of the season. Um, so I, I, I suppose, I mean, I'm asking you hypotheticals here, but how, how do you see a player like Gravenberg? Um, fitting into this Liverpool side, knowing what you know of of Klopp, I suppose, and knowing what you know of the way in which Liverpool uh, currently play. I mean, it obviously has shifted over the past few years. That's uh, that's a very good hypothetical question. You know, <laughs> I mean, but I'll go back to Klopp and his motivational skills and mm. outlining, you know, where he sees Ryan Gravenberch fit in best of well. But he basically needs a regular run in the side. You know, without that he's going to be stuck in the Bayern Munich situation, you know, being this unfulfilled talent. He needs to go in there. It's difficult, of course, and go in there and earn his spot in the side and get a regular run in the team. And then, you know, who knows what's possible. But that's up to the coaching staff to make him feel comfortable. Obviously, he's got to put in the work in training and, you know, impress his colleagues and then earn his spot in the team dig out a regular spot and then go from there. And then you can talk about mm. what's what's his best role. You know, I see yeah. a little bit of similarities in Fabinho, um, you know, that mm. lanky frame. Um, but he's just got to dig out a regular spot in the side and go through from there. And that's going to be tough. Yeah. But, um, you know, Liverpool are desperate for someone in midfield, aren't they? You know, the, they need this rebuild complete and uh, yeah. they've gone for Ryan Gravenberg because probably their research from a couple of seasons you know, highlighted him as one for the future but they need I, him now don't they? No absolutely it did, it did, it, it's it's clear from the suggestions that actually yeah, Liverpool's former sort of scouting hierarchy uh, yeah, Julian Ward and um, Edwards, perhaps as well in the past, like yeah, he he was someone who was identified, I and mean, it's not not all too surprising considering you know, the the rise that he had at at Ajax and the fact that I think this this Liverpool setup really loved their um, multifunctional midfielders who can who can perform a number of different roles, and, and even just thinking, thinking of the most basic comparison in uh, in Ginny Wijnaldum, who you know, arrived as a well, I suppose an att- attacking midfielder slash winger when he was at Newcastle in terms of the role he was playing. Uh, and was uh, steadily converted into a left-sided eight, I suppose. Who um, very often you, you'd, you'd come to the end of games and people would question his his impact because you, you'd look at the number of touches he had on the ball and it was very low. And you're wondering what he was doing. And then in other moments you'd see these bursts forward, you know, with, with great pace and there, there clearly being some attacking flair in there where they're stifling him. And then in the end, he, he just turns into this cog in a machine that's you know, really effective in cutting off passing lanes and uh, you know, very tactically switched on footballer, which I think is another reason why uh, these Dutch footballers, especially those who've been through the Ajax um, sort of program are, are, are seen as attractive. Um, just to go back to Bayern, I mean, again, I know we're, we're really sort of um, referencing scraps here, you know, given the number of times that he actually did play for, for the club, uh, certainly four games. Um, but in the role that he performed for Bayern most often, then if you, if you were struggling to displace Kimmich, if you were struggling to displace Goretzka, um, when he did play on the odd occasion, uh, what was his role? Was he more of a sort of a ball carrier, box to box midfielder in terms of how he was deployed or, or, or was he deployed in that, uh, uh, holding role? 
very often he came on as a late substitute for Leon Goretzka, who was struggling with various niggles, and uh, he was replacing him. You know, he completed... We're talking about Gravenberg now. Yeah. He only only played 90 minutes twice in two meaningless uh, Champions League games against Pilsen, 5-0 win, and Inter Milan when it was all done and dusted in the group. So those those are their only two 90-minute performances. He never played a full 90 mm. in the Bundesliga, just three starts in the Bundesliga and mm. another one in the in the cup. You know, mm. 27 substitute appearances, the most of any Bayern player last season. Mm. Um, I couldn't tell you, Harry, about, <laughs> you know, a regular role for him and where they, I'd just be bullshitting you. I'd be making it up. I don't want to mm. do that. You know, so it's, I'll go back to the start, you know, he's going to have to, yeah, he would surely be uh, one of those players that you, you know, he has everything to gain from this move. You know, he needs to prove himself again, though, mm. for sure, under Klopp, and he's he's going to have to motivate him like he's done a whole host of players along the along the seasons. I think you're right. Yeah, I think this is these are the um, the hypotheticals that we're having to to consider here. That yeah, that the as you say, the, the player wouldn't make the move if he's thinking, "Well, I'm just going to be sat on the bench." <laughs> And uh, watching Soboslai and and McAllister and the rest um, sort of perform week in week out, uh, yeah, yeah, the bench in Liverpool was not necessarily much nicer than the bench in in uh, uh, or Bayern. So that, that, you you imagine there's been a clear path laid out for him, a vision um, for him, and also sort of yeah, the coaches. I, I think it's fairly clear that the, um, both Linders and and Klopp admire the player, so. You imagine they probably have have told him about how they see his talents fitting into the team, um, and as you say, it's you know you, you're hoping that he arrives uh, with a fire under him to try and you know come in, you know, restart this career that was obviously again very very early. He's 21 years old, um, so there's still plenty of time for him to um, to sort of realize that early promise that he showed. Um, one thing I did, I did want to touch on because it often gets labeled at players, especially young players from different leagues as well. Um, and you want to make sure, like, is, is it real? Is it, is it, is it nonsense? But I've heard some suggestions around, uh, him, him not necessarily being the best trainer or like suggestions around attitude and things like that. And again, really easily leveled at, at players, uh, whenever it's not going well for them at clubs. So I'm always cautious to sort of reference it, to be honest. But two different managers here, you're struggling to get into the side. I can imagine how Kimmich trains. I can imagine how Koretska trains. Uh, and it's, it's, it's something that's, it's, it's obviously very important uh, in, um, uh, Klopp's world at Liverpool, often emphasizing the importance of, of training. Um, and actually at times, it appears as though some players who must be excellent in training aren't necessarily the best on 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 match day, but there's, there's huge importance placed on it. Uh, any truth to any of those suggestions that you know that the, the player was, um, you know, like not applying himself as uh, as well as he could? Don't know about that, but there was a certain rivalry in in Germany, you know, between the Dutch and the Germans. It's very fierce. Rivalry, and you always heard that he thought he should have been playing more. You know his attitude. You know everything you hear in the press. He should have been playing more. He, he couldn't understand why he wasn't getting more minutes. Um, yeah, maybe that affected his his performance and motivation in training as a young player. Um, but he's going to have to snap out of that pretty quickly and earn his spot at Anfield. You know, in that red shirt and. Uh, he was always coming on for a bit. He was a he was a bit player in 
in Munich. You know, he has the chance to go to Anfield, turn you know, turn over a new leaf, and uh, let's let's hope he can do that for the sake of Liverpool. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think there's, uh, I mean, that's also been something that I think that Liverpool have been pretty, pretty careful to maintain actually in terms of, I mean, like there's, even when there's been players who haven't been playing regularly, uh, I, I have rarely heard, you know, people come out and complain, you know, in, in the media about it, like not getting a game. I think maybe, maybe the closest anybody came to it was probably Shakiri, um, when he started to be a bit more on the periphery, but uh, even he, I think, um, is is viewed as a nice little bit of a cult hero um in terms of, sort of his his contributions to Liverpool. Uh yeah, obviously didn't play as regularly as you would have wanted, but yeah, the similar path in terms of coming from uh you know or having spent time at Bayern uh, at some stage in his career. Um Tiago as well. I mean like did did their paths overlap when um when Tiago no. was they didn't they didn't overlap at all. Tiago would have you know let me ask about Tiago as someone who loved him at Bayern sure. Has he really fulfilled everything that he, you know they bought him for? Mm. Well, I think I think well that well, the question is probably what did they buy? Yeah, what did they buy him for? I think they, they my understanding with Thiago is they bought him uh, because the side was moving away from being uh, a pretty functional midfield, and they wanted to be able to control possession a bit more and have have some other ways of hurting teams when when teams just sat deep and said you can't press us, you know, try and break us down. Um, I think, I mean, in my opinion, um, uh, Thiago, when he's played in Liverpool's um, team, when there's been a balance in midfield, so when he's played alongside Fabinho, uh, maybe, maybe alongside Keita, um, Henderson at times when uh, I think he was struggling for form quite a lot over the past year or so. Um, but what, yeah, generally when there's been a balance and Thiago has been allowed to do the things that I think you saw Thiago do wonderfully in, um, in the Bundesliga when he was fit and firing. Um, you know, just like focusing on his on the ball talents, dictating play, really, um, gliding around the place. Um, when he's been allowed to do that, I, I, I've found him to be, uh, a complete joy, to be honest. Mm. I think there's, there's, um, he could leave tomorrow and I'd have 15 games that <laughs> I'd, I'd happily go back and watch again because I thought he was glorious in them. Um, I, I remember one in particular, uh, Manchester United at home. I think it was two seasons ago now, maybe, um, where it's a 4-0 win at home against Manchester United. 
and um, he's just the best player on the pitch by mm. far and walks off to a standing ovation and he's yeah, he, I mean, you've, you've you've obviously seen him in the Bundesliga plenty. The the swagger with which he plays, with the the feints here and there, the the passes that he sees. Um, I, I think m- my regret with Thiago is that I think when he came in, um, he was asked to do things that you never really want to see someone like him doing. Um, there were these periods because of the lack of a proper defensive. Um, holder in the team for Fabinho was injured, uh, and, you know, there were some absences and there wasn't really anybody else to, to cover for Fabinho. So we you know, played Thiago at times as, you know, in the six on his own and, um, you could control the game all day on the ball, but, you know, like pressing and, you know, being asked to, to be a combative tackler. I mean, he threw himself into it. I have to say I was very impressed by the way in which he did approach it, but it's not his natural game, right? You think you, you want to allow him to be. Yeah. Um, dictating the play. And so I think we wasted a lot of time with him, to be honest. And then w- when we did have balance, I think back to two seasons ago where, let's face it, three or four games away from a unlikely quadruple, I, I, th- I think he was integral, to be honest. I think he was, um, he came very close to, to helping us complete the improbable. Um, and I, I suppose I'm looking at this season, he looks like he's going to stay around. And my hopes for him is that he's this older figure in the dressing room. Can't imagine a better person to train with if you're a young midfielder. Get 25 games out of him if we can. Uh, 25 starts, and I think that if if you get that, you're going to get a very high quality, um, you know, footballer to the ranks. But I mean, what's your opinion? I mean, I'm not sure how much you've seen of him since he's joined Liverpool. But is the impression in in Germany that it's 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 not been a successful move? No, I love Thiago. I think he's one of my favourite midfielders. Uh, graceful, fast, uh, absolutely wonderful. Very average tackler, though. So if you're asking to, to do <laughs> exactly. that sort of role in the Premier League, the hustle and bustle, you're going to be struggling. He's going to pick up yellow cards and injuries. Oh. You know, if he can steer clear of injury, that was always the problem of at Bayern. Yeah, he just couldn't stay fit. He missed so many games uh, yeah. under Pep, in particular. So, yeah, let's hope he stays fit. And, uh, you know, he's not one of those players uh, attracted to Saudi Arabia, for example. Yeah, it, it looks as though he's not going to move, hopefully, if they touch wood. I think he's, um, I think he's a great person to keep. Uh, lots was made about James Milner, right? And his influence in the, in the squad, very different character in Tiago, but I can't imagine he's a, 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 a proven winner, has won everything. Like, uh, the quality is there for everyone to see. As I say, if I was a young, Young midfielder at Liverpool in in the squad, I would be asking him to stay late for extra sessions so I could learn different techniques and things like that. He looks, he's a, he's, he's a footballer that you watch and go, ah, oh, I wish I could play like that. Mm. <laughs> in terms of the way in which he he glides through things, I remember actually before he signed, I watched um Champions League final. Was it the one behind closed doors where he basically was man of the match or or, or running the game for Bayern? Uh, and he's had he's had plenty of those games for Liverpool, but I think you're right. Don't ask him to be a combative sort of like a tackler running around the pitch just just um, allow him to do what he's he's best at the one thing I'd ask him what's on him that has surprised me about him um much better in the air than I thought he would be <laughs> he's really good uh headering the ball actually but um just um again whilst we're talking about some other players who he may have an opinion on I mean one we talked about who you imagine grabbing Burke is going to be competing with obviously uh to get into the side depending on which role he he plays at times is is obviously Dominic Soboslai and he has been 
I think so far, very small sample size. Um, uh, definitely a fan favorite, uh, a gigantic engine. It seems like on, on the player, um, like pressing all over the pitch, um, very much endearing himself to fans. We're just waiting for the screamer, um, hopefully in the next few weeks. But, um, did you have any views on him as a player like his, his, his time in the Bundesliga at Leipzig? Yeah, I watched him in in May when Leipzig turned over Bayern three one mm-hmm. in the Allianz Arena. That Gravenbush came on in that one late. Yeah, on. I see some photos. Yeah, um, Leipzig won that one three one after trailing at half time. Sobozlai was the man that day for sure. He remember scoring a penalty, but he was the main man for Leipzig that day. And uh, you know, he's a brilliant signing for for Liverpool. Um, Eye for goal, play a pass, big engine. Um, be interesting to see how he reacts to right, the, yeah. the um, say a, a really tough challenge. You know, see if he, you know, the nastier elements of the Premier League, if that still, you know, happens. You know, and VAR doesn't cut it out. How he reacts <laughs> to a really strong challenge away from home, or you know, the likes of. Say Burnley away, so you know maybe temperament is is the one thing interesting I'd look at. But you know how he reacts to say things not going his way. Yeah, but that's like any young footballer. Gravenberg's got you know he's had a a year or so at Bayern. Things not going his way. How does he come out of that? Yeah, things are not always going to be laid on the plate for you. You have to earn your shirt. Yeah, so was like, obviously it started well at um, Liverpool. So if he keeps it going, yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that foundation, as you say, is, I mean, they just, uh, I mean, cu- coming off the pitch, uh, you know, like showing that you've clearly given every, every single ounce of energy, I think, which is, which is one thing that's um, characterized his, his early performances. Also looks like a player to me who, you see every now and then players who you go, oh, this guy knows he's the man, right? Or like, you know, he, or, or he views himself as that. He thinks like, oh, I'm better than all these people, uh, and I'm going to show it. And you, you can you can see those players who play with that bit of swagger. Actually, um, about them, Tiago, we just we've spoken at, at length about him being being very much one of them uh, who carries it effortless, effortlessly. I do want to end just with one final thing on. On Gravenberg, and, and I appreciate it, Mark. It has been it's, it's it's tough to give too much on him because of you know, because of the struggles he's had to to get in at Bayern. But again, let's go into hypothetical world and say if everything goes well for Ryan Gravenberg, he comes, he rediscovers the fire, he's motivated, he's running twelve k again. <laughs> he's 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 um he's he's got that um like fighting him to um to really prove himself again, like. Of the very limited like appearances you've seen of the player, I mean, in a perfect world, what kind of player do you see him like establishing himself as? You, you, you talked about his frame, the comparisons to Fabinho. It's a tall, big guy, um, clearly very athletic. Uh, like, what kind of player could he be? This is again, we're really hypothetical here. I'm absolutely useless at hypothetical <laughs> questions. But Liverpool are obviously signing him for the reasons that they saw. At Ajax, Ajax under yeah. Eric Ten Hag back there. So they mm. were going to sign him a couple of seasons ago. So they're signing him for exactly the same reasons as that, because they can't have been impressed with his time at Bayern Munich. No, no. So that vision that Klopp has outlined for him, that 
you'd have to feel is still in place for him. But I, I can't pretend that I really know at this stage where where his best position is and where he'll flourish at downfield. That's for sure. Mm. He's going to have to really, you know, fight for that jersey again. And, you know, get his way past some other decent midfielders now at, at Anfield and earn a regular spot in the side. That's going to be tough. Um, maybe just as tough as it was at Bayern Munich for him. You know, but he's been mm. in the doldrums now for for a season and a bit. So it's you know it's time for him to regroup and go again. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting. It's, it's definitely a move for me that's throwing up more questions than answers. I, I have to admit, it was like quite clear around the pursuit of Caicedo where he would fit in. Quite clear around some mm. of the links to people like Dukure about you know where he'd fit in. Quite clear around even Lavia um, uh, and sort of where he would fit into into the Liverpool side. Gravenberg, he looks like he's joining uh, an abundance of uh, yeah. Talented, athletic, young, attacking, um, or multifunctional midfielders, and, and I think that's that, that's where I'm going with it. It looks as though Sobislai can play a number of roles, McAllister can play a number of roles, Gravenberg can't, you know, in theory, can play a number of roles. It's a very, I'm getting a lot of Dutch, <laughs> getting a lot of Pep Linders here, a lot of multifunctional players, multiple roles, fluid, um, fluid formations. Uh, it's. Yeah, at times I'm a little bit worried by just how fluid it might be and uh, the need to, for, for players to be a bit more defined at, um, at points. But I appreciate Mark again, in terms of his time in the Bundesliga, there's, there's only so much you've been able to share with us. But, um, yeah, I do appreciate you coming on and, um, and giving us your thoughts on the player and sort of your hopes for the player as well. I think we're all hoping for like similar, uh, future for him and, uh, um, yeah, hoping that Klopp and, and Linders have have laid out the plan for how he how he reignites his career. So thank you so much again for for coming on. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Absolutely, and yes, just to all the listeners uh, listening to the next pro, there will be more coverage on Gravenberg. I think there's going to be. Um, I'm, I'm planning to speak to a. Uh, a journalist who covers Ajax, um, who again may have lots to talk about when Tesla Graham Lope, because this seems to be the, the most fruitful period of his, his young career so far. So do check out or do, so do look out for that in the coming, in the coming days. Uh, but between now and then, yeah, there'll be also be some pods proving the weekend's game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And check those out uh, on Anfield Index Pro. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.